Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 20th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, as we get started, I want to send out a hearty congratulations to our old Broadway radio friend and former colleague, even though it only lasted like three episodes because she was super busy getting ready to uh, open the musical Frozen. We want to consen- uh, send a congratulations to Patty Murin and her husband, Tony nominee Colin Donnell. Actually, I'm not sure if he's a Tony nominee. He should be. I thought he was robbed for not Maybe. getting nominated for anything goes. Thought he, um, might he might have be. He might have been for... I don't think he was. I don't think he was nominated for Violet. I thought he was robbed for not getting one for Anything Goes. But anyway, they welcomed their baby girl, uh, Cecily Phillips, oh, uh, last week. And it was a, it was announced a couple days later. She posted it on Instagram. But uh, hearty congratulations to them. It is their first child. Um, and then I no. also want to remind everybody... What's no, that? I was going to say, I looked it up. No Tony nomi- nomination, yeah. which is as absurd. As I said, yeah, he was so good at Anything Goes. I didn't see Violet, yeah. but um, it's a... It's not the biggest, uh, flashiest role in Violet, obviously. I think Joshua Henry might have actually been nominated for it. But Mm. um, either way, uh, they're both fantastic. But I also want to mention the fact that this week on this week on Broadway, James, Peter and Michael discussed uh, the theme was summer reading. And so they talked about, um, you know, different things that you can read during the summer that is theatrically related. They also talked about um, some documentaries and musical film and Peter actually went to a live performance in New York City. I'm, oh, I God. So I'm guessing it was outdoors, but I, I don't know. So you have to hear uh, really on the episode exactly be. what that was. I know, I know. <laughs> it um, straight up better be. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. But um, <laughs> coming up this week, hopefully uh, this coming Saturday on the 25th, if all goes well, I will have my 50th episode of Tell Me More. Yay! And assuming everything goes as planned, which Ooh, I'm I know. knocking on wood, Ooh, um, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a, a fun one. It's I, a good uh, one. It's a good I'm one. Very it excited. does get a plan. It, you know, it might be a little bit naughty, but um, <sighs> it's, it's a little little subtle there. <sighs> um, it's a little subtle there. It's a little subtle there. Um, <laughs> Just throwing it, throwing in the clues that people can pick do, them up. But you're, you're doing great. <laughs> um, so, if you want to hear that 50th special episode of Tell Me More, you can hear it first in our Patreon at www.patreon.com/broadwayradio/broadwayradio.com/patreon. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news today. Monday, July 20th is the first day of New York City's fourth phase of reopening. Initially, mm. theaters were supposed to be a part of phase four, but that part of the plan has long since been scuttled. Yeah, Instead, right. the reopening excludes all indoor theaters, museums, movie theaters, malls, and indoor restaurants. However, things that are allowed to reopen include outdoor zoos and botanical gardens, outdoor sporting events without fans, and right. film and television productions. Unfortunately, schools are also included in Phase 4 reopening plan. Very, very big, unfortunately. Yeah. New York City is the final part of New York State to reach Phase 4. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correct. Agreed. I mean... All of that. All of that pause and from more. From all possible angles, just... <sighs> But, yeah, it's a it's a big old sigh. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Even like things like botanical gardens, which don't get me wrong, are spacious, but still, I'm just I'm 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 very much team. Uh, we shouldn't be doing things yet at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's difficult because 
at what point do we say that there is always going to be some sort of risk associated with this? I mean, that's what we did with yeah. swine flu. That's what right. we do with all of exactly. these things. But I don't think exactly. we're at the point where the risk is at an acceptable level because people aren't willing to do the things that they need to do to get it there. That's my thing. Team vaccine. Yeah. Team vaccine. We'll, we'll see. There was some good news on uh, uh, on Thursday and Friday, so hopefully that'll continue. I saw that, yeah. But, all right. Meanwhile, on the other side of the Atlantic, on Friday, the UK Culture Secretary, Oliver Dowden, announced that theaters and music halls in the country could reopen with socially distanced audiences beginning on August 1st. Now, shortly afterward, during a press conference, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that theaters will need to operate with social distancing measures and reduced audience capacity, quote, subject to the success of pilots. Now, we know that Andrew Lloyd Webber was trying mm. to make sure that he was a part of one of those pilots with a performance of Joseph the Amazing Technicolor right. Dreamcoat. I haven't heard much about that since, but we will see. Now, ironically or coincidentally or not, this is part of the UK's stage four of reopening, but... John Morgan, the director of Theaters Trust, said, quote, For most theaters, it will not be economically viable to reopen with 30 to 40 percent audience required under social distancing. We now need to progress as quickly as possible to an announcement on the all-important Stage 5, allowing theaters to reopen fully with the appropriate safety measures. Without this, most theaters cannot reopen viably, and we need the go-ahead for Christmas shows on which the survival of many theaters depend. Now, mm -hmm. in a... In a similar uh, statement, the Society of London Theatres uh, tweeted out a statement that said, quote, With the restrictions of social distancing in place, it will not be practical or economically viable for many shows to open, and it takes time for shows to rehearse and prepare and to build an audience. However, this is another welcome step on the roadmap towards reopening with full audiences very soon. Now, Ashley, as we kind of got mm. off on a tangent before, and we've talked many times about the differences sure. between how the U.S. has responded to this pandemic versus other countries. So I don't want to get into that again. But Correct. what interested me about Solt's statement was they talked about the fact that there will be necessary time to rehearse and prepare, um, both mm. from a technical standpoint and getting people you know up and running, but also to build an audience to make sure that they've sold enough tickets to make it economically viable. So my question for you is... Let's say that New York City Theater can reopen on April 1st. Uh, Charlotte St. Mm. Martin is saying the end of Q1. I, let's just say April 1st as an opening um, sure. uh, as an opening date. Most of the th shows that we've heard talk about returning have said it'll be sometime April, right? Yeah, sometime later. March April. previews, yeah. Well, actually, I think most of them have actually been April previews, May openings. Oh. So, so let's just say it's April 1st, just for a hypothetical date. Okay. Assuming shows actually open that date and don't like say, well, we're going to wait until May or June, but let's just say they open on May f or on April 1st. When do you think that date will need to be confirmed in order to give shows enough time to be prepared both on the production and box office January. side of things? January. They don't need to be January, you think? Yeah. I think, I think A, to build an audience and to start all the preparations, it needs to be January. I also think, as far as even like the marketing side of things, having like this big start of the year, theaters returning, etc., is probably their best course of action on that side as well. But yeah, January. I, I think if you're starting on April 1st, it, it, even to get people into rehearsals and everything, you're going to need at least two or three months for that. And just the logistics of... Getting, if anything needs to be, you know, 
if any, anything needs maintenance or anything, they need to Re-tacted. start looking. Exactly. They, they need to start looking at things at the beginning of the year if it's going to happen in time for the start of April. It would be great if they could do it like in December so they could actually do something oh, yeah, in November sure. so they could sell tickets for like holidays. But mm. the other thing to consider is whatever the requirements are going to be, as we've seen with sports, there's going to be a lot of questions about testing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's another huge thing is how are they going to uh, – are things still at that point going to need any kind of social distancing and how is that going to be viable? How and are they going to do temperature checks at the – yeah. How is there going to be temp- – is there going to be temperature checks at the door? Like what's going to be required? Assuming still masks, at least there better still be a mask requirement. Yeah. Uh, again, unless there's a vaccine, which <laughs> there's whelp. not going to be. Yeah, exactly. Whelp. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there are a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered. Not even just a lot of questions that have to be asked, but a lot of questions that need to be answered before anything happens. And that January, <laughs> at the earliest January. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting process, um, you know, how positive tests are handled it with shows if those I'm, happen during yeah. rehearsals and stuff like I'm that's why really i think having most worried as far as the timeline as far as them rushing things yeah i think having a long period of rehearsals normally you would say if a if a show is going to uh, open on april 1st you probably need a month of rehearsals right i right. I, I think that even for new shows <laughs> people are going to need conditioning yeah, as well. well well but i think even for shows that are returning you're probably going to want to go to a month and a half to two months, just in case there yeah. are people who test positive and need to quarantine and stuff like that. Like you're yeah, going to want to build that in, which is what sports is doing too. They're saying if you test positive, you have to uh, quarantine for, you know, 10 days at minimum until sure. you pass the test. And then anybody We're also going to be in with- the height of winter at that point too. Like it's not just going to be coronavirus yeah. people are dealing with, which is the absolutely horrifying aspect of everything. But yeah. yeah. All right. One more thing on this topic, Ashley, my colleagues over at Broadway world put together a great resource for um, how you can reach out, to governments, uh, government municipalities and elected officials and encourage them to support the arts, freelancers and anybody rendered nice. unemployed by the pandemic. There's a lot of uh, different organizations like beanartshero.com, mm, um, yeah. a- a different other campaigns talking about the stuff that Actors' Equity has put in place. We've also got a, um, uh, a, a, a chart in there that you can find your senators and send them a tweet directly um, from there. So do that. Help everybody out and help yourself. I mean, because uh, whether you are an artist or not, this uh, unemployment uh, expenditure that they are, I guess, still trying to mm-hmm. decide if they're going to extend or not. Yeah. Um, it comes to an end very soon. Ish, so that'll yeah. be in the show notes. All right, Ashley, let's move on to some more traditional news. During a Rizzo reunion on Stars in the House on Saturday, Rosie O'Donnell confirmed rumors and her previous public statements that said that she will be playing Mrs. Bryce in a Broadway revival of Funny Girl once Broadway reopens. She said, quote, I'm not supposed to say what I'm going to be doing, but hello, gorgeous. Now, initially, I don't even know if this was 2019 or 2018. I can't remember at this point, but I think 2019. It's like every year for the past decade, it feels (laughs) like at this point. Yeah. God. but Rosie said at a public event that Lady Gaga was going to star as Fanny Bryce. 
But before the pandemic started, we had then heard that Gaga was no longer involved and instead that Adina Menzel was going to star in the revival. Now, before this Rosie stuff happened, I'd actually heard a couple weeks ago that Adina was no longer involved. And I'd actually heard at that point that the revival was dead. So maybe just the Adina not involved part is, mm. is true. Maybe things have changed. Maybe Gaga is back. Maybe Adina's back. I don't know. Um, or maybe they've actually moved on to someone that's more appropriate for the role than either Adina Menzel or Lady Gaga. I'm just because, really tired of Funny Girl. <laughs> well, I've never seen Funny Girl. I've seen the movie. I've never seen a yeah, stage production. No, but like. It's fine, it, but it's every like I said, like every single year we're having a funny girl conversation. I looked it yeah. up, and the talk of Lady Gaga was in 2018. Was so, it? Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, is like, Adina Menzel is way too old to play that part. Correct. Uh, I think she would still draw fairly well. Lady Gaga would obviously draw incredibly. But sure. she's a, but she's Italian. And Fanny Bryce is notably very Jewish. So I I don't know if Lady Gaga is such a big star that people would overlook that. But it's something in this. I feel like everyone would overlook that if Lady Gaga came to Broadway. I mean, probably. But like, it's a little suspect. She's also going to be on a tour if they're planning on doing this like right away. Like or she's gonna, is the tour she's canceled gonna need. because of Corona stuff. I, Who knows? Re- I refuse that as a Gaga okay. fan. Okay. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Okay, let's yeah. move on to some other news. Last week, my beloved Hallmark Channel announced their countdown to Christmas movie slate, which will include 23 new films beginning on October 23rd, leading up to Christmas, and 17 new holiday films on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. There were no dates or plots officially announced with this, but we do know that some theater faves, including Laura Osnes, Aaron Tveit, and Crystal Joy Brown, will star in a royal holiday. I wonder who's going to be the royalty, Laura or Aaron, and which one of them is then going to be the down-home uh, all-American person who falls in love with him, not knowing that they're royalty. Yeah. Uh, then, I was going to say, oh, you mentioned plots, so I was going to say, are there Well, plots? we just don't know which kind of one's going to be one. assigned to which one. We know what the plots are, but we just yeah. don't know which one. Uh, but then, over on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, which actually has... Uh, they, those movies tend to venture a little bit off the beaten track of plots, but we know that Jeremy Jordan and Janelle Parrish, who has done some a lot of theater in Canada and off-Broadway, will co-star in Holly and Ivy. I'm going to guess Janelle's name is Holly and Jeremy Jordan's last name is Ivy. Uh, that's going to be my guess. Mm, okay. um, additionally, Hallmark has promised that there will actually be LGBTQ characters and storylines in this year's films. Wow. Last year, they had a big hubbub after they pulled a commercial from their holiday movies that showed a same-sex oh, couple. That's and right. then people got pissed and they, you know, they were trying to CYA. So I wouldn't expect any of those LGBTQ characters to be leads in any of these films at this point. But no. I suppose f- following the, the debacle of of how they handled the same-sex commercial last year, this is the absolute least they could do. <laughs> yeah, it is certainly that. It's my goal to write a Hallmark movie, I have to say. Oh like a Hallmark I, holiday movie. I, I'm not saying I know this person, but we're like Twitter friends, and I reviewed some of the shows he wrote okay. in Atlanta. Um, but I, but I know someone who writes a lot of them. Um, and he's uh-huh. hilarious and he's like a great playwright. Like a, he, he's a very cutting edge playwright. And, but like, it's just funny to see him like writing goals. these goals. Yeah. It is definitely goals. But all right. Um, finally in this section, Ashley, 
A previously announced fundraising concert was announced for Joe Kennedy III's senatorial campaign, and it has now been canceled. Broadway mm. Sings for Joe Kennedy III was set to feature Sarah Bareilles, Kelly O'Hara, Andrew Barth Feldman, Ali Maisie, Dee Rossioli, Solea Pfeiffer, Binge Pasek, Justin Paul, and more. However, the reaction from theater fans when this was announced was not good. Now, (laughs) Kennedy is a Democratic member of the United States House of Representatives, but he is challenging Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey in the Democratic primary. Now, despite being 74 years old and having been in Congress um, for for most of that in the House, but uh, over the last part of a decade in Senate, Markey is considered one of the most progressive members of the Senate. Mm -hmm. So, following pressure online, O'Hara, Pfeiffer, Feldman, Pasek, and Paul all pulled out, and the concert was postponed, quote, until further notice. (laughs) Well, you know, while a Democrat from a pretty blue state and a part of the country's, you know, most beloved political dynasty, Joe Kennedy is seen as far more of a centrist than Markey is. Kennedy, of course, is the grandson of Robert F. Kennedy and the great nephew of both John F. Kennedy and former Senator Ted Kennedy. This is an absolute mess. I've never seen playbill ratioed before. That was interesting. Well, here's the thing. I I don't know any of these Broadway stars uh, personally. I've interviewed a number of them. Sure, sure, sure. So I don't want to um, pass judgment on them, but I'm going to posit Mm. a theory on what happened here. Someone contacted them and said, hey, will you do a fundraising benefit for Joe Kennedy III? He is, of course, a Democrat running for Senate. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that they are not following Massachusetts politics and did not realize that it (laughs) was a primary. Uh, I'm going to guess that's what it was. I don't think that they were necessarily – I think they would have supported any Democrat that would have asked. I think they probably should have done a little bit more research – before they we realized the who theory. they were supporting. But I understand where that came from. But I think when it comes to politics, you probably need to do at least the tiniest <sighs> bit of research before you allow someone to put your name on something. A little bit. Yeah, we have the same theory. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, all right. R- real quick. Feel good recommendations. The first one comes from our friends over at Token Theater Fan- uh, Friends. Token Theater Friends. Uh, this one is Deep Trans Article putting the POC in the period drama from Hamilton to Six. It's a great article talking about historical inaccuracies, um, how you take something that is based on historical, you know, fact and, you know, put people of color in it, what the difference is between color blind casting and color conscious casting. Um, it's really, really interesting. And I think on Twitter, D made a point that she thought, that there probably would have been a lot more articles like this had six actually opened, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but because it hadn't, she was going to go ahead and and, uh, Do it and write it, especially with the hubbub around Hamilton. So it's a great article. Color conscious and color blind casting is something that is incredibly interesting to me. Likewise, and, yeah, and and I think that's fascinating and how it's employed and when it's employed and when it's appropriate to be employed. Because um, those are two very different things. So um, it's a great article, as always. And if you can, support them on Patreon. Um, then a couple other things that I want to mention is there was a video released from the cast members of the recent Off-Broadway revival of Smokey Joe's Cafe. They were singing the song Stand By Me um, in honor and in solidarity of Black Lives Matter. So check that out. And then as part of AIDS Walk Live at Home, AIDS Walk New York, Shoshana Bean... Megan Hilty and Catherine McPhee teamed up 
Yeah, I, well, you're not going to like this next part. They teamed up for a mashup of Andrew Lloyd Webber songs. It was an incredibly... <sighs> I want to know who arranged this, because it was incredibly well arranged. Ooh, um, I can stuff, respect that. I can respect and appreciate that. Yes, yeah, you've, you've got Unexpected Song in there. You've got I Don't Know How to Love Him. Uh, and then, oh, I think it's the song from Aspects of Love, Love Changes Everything. Uh, is in there as well, but it's all nice, interwoven. Nice, okay. It's not like this song, then this song. It's like all sure. really weaved well together. So I highly recommend that. We will have all of those in the show notes. All right, Ashley, that is all that we have. Thank you for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. No, this is Ashley. All right. Don't forget, you can head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. If you want to get all of our episodes before anybody else in the regular feed, again, I'm going to have a very special, hopefully, 50th episode of Tell Me More coming up later this week. Um, kind of both, but not quite either. I can't think of what that line is. <laughs> I can't um, either. <laughs> but I, I think my guest will know. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. have a yeah. wonderful Monday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.